Hello world and welcome back to the Simple Sports Podcast. It is your boy Capo. Man, week two is here. Browns versus Bengals Thursday night. We're getting kicked off tonight. Uh, got some DraftKings stuff coming up. Uh, we'll talk about Joe Burrow here in a second. Uh, week one is in the books. All the Monday morning quarterbacking is going on. The Bucks suck. Tom Brady's washed. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is the GOAT. Baker Mayfield's about to be out of town in Cleveland. The Cowboys are not going to make the playoffs. The Eagles season is over. Who else? Uh, the Jaguars are going to go to the playoffs. Everyone needs to relax. Take a chill pill. Just kick back. I'm going to kick it to you simple because that's what we do here on the Simple Sports Podcast. And so let's get started. Uh, we're going to talk about Joe Burrow. We're going to talk about some picks for next week. Of course, we're going to talk about tonight's DraftKings showdown between the Browns and the Bengals, the poop factor, as Bill Simmons likes to say. Uh, no one is watching this game for any reason other than A, Joe Burrow, B, Baker Mayfield. Some would argue that's vice versa or flipped or whatever. Um, who cares? Uh, bottom line is all odds are on the two-star quarterbacks, as it usually is. Um... And let's face it, the Browns cannot start the season 0-2, especially uh, losing to the Bengals. Listen, if they lose to the Ravens, they lost in an ugly fashion. Um, but, you know, if, if no one would have been shocked if you said, hey, the Browns opened up the season on the road. Or were they on the road? Actually, I don't remember. They might have been at home. But they opened up the season against the, the Ravens and they catch an L. Uh, no one would be shocked by that. I picked the Browns. Uh, but certainly not shocked by what happened. Uh, but a Bengals team that is just not very good. Um, no, can't start at 0-2 like that. So we'll talk about that. Talk about some week two picks um, and all that good stuff. So we'll get into that here in a second. Um, the Clippers with the ultimate choke job. Um, man, that was not pretty. Um they lost game five, and I said, okay, they'll get him in game six. And then game six, it's like, oh, boy, that was not good. And then game seven was just really not good. Um, and you could see it. You could feel it. And I think the worst part about it, there are no fans there. And so all – I mean, all eyes are on you regardless, right? That You know, it's playoffs, big series, game seven. All eyes would have been on them even if they were in L.A., in the Staples Center with a, with, with a packed house. It just, knowing that you're the only people in the gym, you know, obviously with the people, the staff and whatnot around them, but you're the only people on the floor and uh, the world is watching and they just, I mean, they laid an egg, a big one, a big old fat egg. And um, man, that was, it was heartbreaking just as a sports fan uh, that, that would, that hurt to watch that really hurt to watch. So, um, Bad news for the Clippers. Then we had the shot that Kawhi took at the staff. Maybe some of the players as far as them not being smart about their adjustments. Boy, that thing went south real quick. So let's get to the picks. Um, we'll start with tonight's showdown between the Bengals and the Browns. Actually, we're going to get to the Falcons and the Cowboys. We're going to start there, and then we'll work our way from there. We'll talk about the showdown last. Because I also... Of course, I'm going to give you my DraftKings pick. So let's start with the Falcons visiting the Cowboys at Jerry World. All right, so the Falcons open up on the road at 
Dallas. Dallas Cowboys and Jerry World. And, man, this is one the Cowboys need. They certainly can't start the season 0-2. Um, not with those Super Bowl expectations that some people, for whatever reason, decided to put on them this year. The Cowboys are 1-2 in their last three against the Falcons. And, actually, they're 1-4 if you go all the way back to 2012. I think that was the last time they played, um, aside from 2015, 2018, and then last year, or yeah, 2015, maybe it was 2017 and 2018. I don't know exactly, but one and three, one and two in the last three. And it all comes down to one Dak Prescott. I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. I don't think Dak Prescott is that guy. I think he's a good quarterback. He's somewhere in the, I don't know, 10 to 20 range, which is okay, I guess. But the problem with the guys in the 10-20 range is they're basically all tied because, I mean, who's better, Dak Prescott or, or Carson Wentz right now? I mean, you know, who's better, Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins? So I don't think Dak is that guy. I don't think he's – I think he's good enough to lead this team to a Super Bowl, but I don't think this team is very good. So he's not going anywhere. He's 4-0. Last year against, guess who? The Giants, Washington, Lions, and the Dolphins. Wow. What a record. Outstanding. One win last year versus a team with a winning record. And that was week 15 versus the Rams at home. It's just fantastic. There you go. Way to knock them dead, Dak Prescott. The Rams finished 9-7 last year, missed the playoffs. They were a wreck. Now, they had a lot of injuries. Um, they looked pretty good on Sunday, I have to admit, um, albeit against the Cowboys. But um, nevertheless, they looked okay. Dak Prescott has now had 18 career games against teams that have won at least 10 games. And he has a record of 5-13. and 13. Yikes. Yikes, yikes, yikes. With 22 touchdowns and 19 interceptions and a QBR good enough for 19th in the NFL. Wow. I don't get the hype around. I really don't. There are some people that are defending Dak Prescott to the death. Most of them are Cowboys fans. In fact, I think pretty much all of them are Cowboys fans. There are a few people in the media that have a soft spot for Dak Prescott. Listen, it's it's hard to, to be critical of guys like Dak Prescott because... For all intents and purposes, I think he's a pretty good quarterback. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. He's just not great. And this is the thing. There aren't a lot of great quarterbacks. Hello. Um, there are only a handful. Patrick Mahomes, I think, is great. Aaron Rodgers, not a huge fan of him personally as far as what he does, how he carries himself. He's a little arrogant for my taste. Whatever. Can't argue with the results on the field. The guy's great. Tom Brady, great. Russell Wilson, great. Drew Brees, great. I don't know if he's great anymore, but greatness, okay? I'm trying to think of anyone else. I mean, who else is in the – Patrick Mahomes, great. Lamar Jackson, I think he's right there. there, There's something about Lamar Jackson that just makes me uncomfortable as far as his – the two playoff games. The first one against the Chargers, you know, okay. The last one against the Titans raised my eyebrow a bit. So, um. But I think he's good enough to be in that, um, at least great for the NFL right now. So let's just put him in that category. But how many guys are there that are great quarterbacks? There aren't that many. You think Wentz is great? Nah. 
Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo. No, Ryan Tannehill. No, I think Deshaun Washington is great, but he's had some stinkers. Um, I mean, listen, I know the defense was a part of the the lead that they gave up against the Chiefs, but they had a chance to score as well. He got the ball back. It wasn't make it take it. Uh, so I don't I don't get the hype around Dak. It is what it is. Um, now here's the thing: against teams with nine or fewer wins, thirty-five and eleven. Now that's good. That's real good. Thirty-five and eleven. That's like Tom Brady-esque with the seventy-five touchdowns, seventeen interceptions versus a twenty-two to nineteen against winning teams or really good teams. I guess ten plus wins and a QBR good enough for second in the NFL. Wow, that is really good against those losing teams. Here's the thing. The Cowboys aren't going against the winning team. The Falcons suck. And the only shot that the Falcons have a win in this game is because they have a lot of offensive weapons and they have a quarterback who can stuff that stat sheet, which is why he's my fantasy quarterback. Uh, boy, you want to talk about empty calories. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Ryan. They got to get into a shootout because their defense, Dakota Friend, is like Swiss cheese. It's got a lot of holes in it. Shout out to Greg. And then the coach, Dan Quinn, his seat is already on fire. It should have been on fire. In fact, if you leave it up to me, which it's not up to me, but he should have been gone long ago. So um, if we're being frank about it, the Falcons last week sacked Russell Wilson three times, same amount that the Rams had versus Dallas. And they kept Carlos Hyde and Chris Carson to under 50 combined yards. It's not, it's nothing to sneeze at, uh, but neither of those guys are Zeke. Zeke is a different animal. I don't think he's the best running back in football, but he's top three, four at worst. Um, that's on a bad day. So they got their hands full defensively. I, I'm not, I will do full picks on Saturday as far as picking against the spread. Um, I like the Cowboys to take that one because the Falcons, I just don't think are very good. Not to say the Cowboys are good, but um, they're better than the Falcons. So The Jags at the Titans. The poop bowl, never a good game. Never a good game. They're all with any. In fact, most games that the Titans play in, especially within the division, they're usually ugly. And I think Jags Titans are as ugly as football gets. Aside from what we're going to see tonight with Browns Bengals, um, used to be Ravens and tight or Ravens and Steelers. They, they used to have some just disgusting, like twelve to ten games. Um, Jags and Titans are, they're there and. Not for good reasons, mostly because the Titans and Jags haven't been very good um, for their, you know, for the long haul. Titans have been really good the last few years, or at least pretty good. Um, so we'll see how it goes, but not ugly or not pretty games, never. Uh, so if you're if you're in it for anything other than gambling or fantasy, then I don't know what's wrong with you. Or if you're a fan of the two teams, obviously. But if you don't have one of those four things going here, there's no reason to watch this game. Uh, Gardner Minshew, I like him. Uh, I do. I, if nothing else, he's a fighter. You got to respect it. Uh, underdog. Listen, he's just trying to make his way in the NFL. So I don't, I don't dislike guys for that reason. Like Deshaun Watson, another guy, like he went to Clemson and he's within our division. Two things I hate, but you got to respect the talent. The dude's a baller. 
And Minshew is the same way. He was one of the better quarterbacks last year um, with all the chaos around him and with all the chaos around him this year, the lack of talent this year. Um, he held, He's held his own, so I don't think they're going to beat the Titans. Let's not get it twisted. Um, it's not going to – they're not going to beat them. Um, but, you know, they're just not good enough. Uh, the Titans played terrible last week against the Broncos, and they were able to get a win. They left at least a minimum of 10 points on the board between field goal kicks and the extra point. Um, I will say the fortunate thing for the Jags, I guess, if you wanted to find a way that they could get to victory here, is it is only week two. And we've already seen just the sloppiness of the NFL so far. Usually the first couple of weeks are a glorified preseason anyway. And with this year not having a preseason at all, it's even more so. Um, so there are plenty of things that could go the Jaguars way, just some sloppy plays a miscommunication here or there. You get a turnover and all of a sudden you're up seven points, um, third quarter, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I just don't see it happening. I don't think they're good enough. And obviously with a week under their belt, the Titans are going to improve as are a lot of teams. Um, the Jags may have gotten all their magic out last week against what I think is a bad Colts team and... Well, at least they have a bad quarterback. Uh, I don't necessarily think their whole team is bad. But, hey, when the leader's bad, usually the team is pretty bad. Uh, I like the Jag or excuse me, the Titans, obviously, to win that game. Uh, up next, we got the Pats at the Seahawks. Round two for the Tom Brady-less Patriots. Round two for Cam Newton up in Seattle. Not easy to do. Um, now there, there are no fans or I don't know about Seattle. I don't know if they have any fans at all or, or obviously limited capacity, but regardless, not going to be the 12th man that we're used to seeing. And, um, I don't know if that's going to play into effect for Seattle. We, it didn't seem to be a big deal for the saints, albeit against, um, you know, a sputtering bucks team, just trying to get their, their stuff in order to start the season. So Put stock into that as much as you will. Um, but Kansas City, home debut, played okay. Um, the Saints, home debut, played okay. Like I'm talking about these big, big stadiums that we normally accredit more home field advantage to, such as those, Seattle, uh, New Orleans, and Kansas City, usually the three that come to my mind first. So we'll see if that has any effect. Um, 15 rushes for Cam Newton is not happening in Seattle. I don't see that happening again. Um, I think that was a product of who they were playing as well as the short and off season. They needed a game plan that was going to get them to win. And I think that's what a lot of teams are going to do early on. You're going to see more teams obviously round in the form as the weeks go by, but you're going to see less conservative play, um, less, I guess, more predictable things, less vanilla stuff like the Patriots did for the simple fact that they're, they're more concerned with, making sure they secure the win because these games do count, um, obviously. So I think they're more concerned with securing the win, which is why we saw the 15 rushes. I don't think that's going to happen again, um, for one, because this ain't the Dolphins, okay? This is the Seahawks. The Seahawks are good, um, really good um, on both sides of the ball. They put up 38 last week, albeit against the Falcons, whose defense is trash. Um, but I don't think that what we saw from them offensively um, was a fluke by any stretch. Um, they have two really good receivers. They got a good tight end, stable of running backs, and a great quarterback. Uh, so, you know, that leads to points, uh, in, in case you didn't know. 
So the Pats defense is going to be tested for the first time, obviously, this year. Bill Belichick would be tested for the first time this year. Early tests, no offseason, one week under your belt. You got to win against the Dolphins, but now you got to put your big boy pants on and go up to Seattle. I like the Seahawks. Um, I don't know what the spread is right now. Um, if it's anything, say, over six points or so, uh, which I don't think it is, probably like five. I'm not. A, I'm totally guessing. Um, but if it's anything around there, I would probably take the Pats to cover, actually. Uh, I I like the Pats this year. A lot of people don't. I do. Um, so I would probably take the Pats to cover. That's not knowing what the spread is. But uh, regardless, I'd like the Seahawks to win that game. Up next, we got the Rams and the Eagles. And man, let me tell you, it gets no better for the Eagles um, and their offensive line versus the Rams because Aaron Donald, that dude is the problem. He is a big problem. Uh, he tossed around linemen from the Cowboys last week. Tossed Z, he made Z look like a little kid. You know, it's football, it happens. Um, but regardless, he did it. That dude is a problem. And uh, the Eagles O-line is banged up. They seem a little bit pissed off. Uh, seems like there's a little tension down there in Philly, or up there in Philly, I should say. And uh, they got manhandled last week by the Redskins, uh, the Redskins, by Washington. And uh, it gets no easier, no easier this week. And, by the way, a much better offense they're going against. Um, I, you know, I think Dwayne has his, he showed a lot last week, but, their offense leaves a lot to be desired in Washington. Um, not the case with the Rams. Um, if they look anything like they did last week, which I keep saying this, but it was against the Cowboys. So let's pump the brakes a little bit on the Rams going back to the Super Bowl here. Um, Colin Cowherd. Uh, but golf seems more comfortable. McVay seems more at ease with the new staff that they brought in on defense. So he seems a little bit more comfortable calling plays. And as a result, golf seems more comfortable. You could see it in the play calling. They were moving the pocket, moving him. All their plays look the same. There's like three, there's like three actions that they run. And then there's 50 different variations or plays, I guess, that come out of it. But everything starts off looking the same, which is key. And it's good. I mean, that's that's what you have to do. Here's what I like about coaches like Sean McVay, Bill Belichick, even uh, Cliff Kingsbury. You saw it last year. Uh, Andy Reid. They put their they do they do what their guys do best, and they do it. John Harbaugh in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson is not. Listen, he's improving. He's not ready to drop back and throw it 40, 45 times a game. I mean, I wouldn't want any quarterback having to do that, but especially not Lamar Jackson. Especially not a lot of guys. And so they do what they do best. They're not forcing them into their system. They're forcing the system into them, into what they do. And the Rams are no different. McVay is no different with golf. Golf is not great just straight dropping back. He looks skittish. But when the pocket's moving, when he can shorten the field or, or cut off parts of the field, he looks great. And that play action looks phenomenal. With the caveat, once again, that they were playing the Cowboys, who I don't think are very good. The question you have to ask yourself with the Rams is, what is their running game actually? Because they had Todd Gurley. Now they got Malcolm Brown. Akers is back there. Henderson can spell as well. Uh, it's, I don't want to go crazy here. I'll say it again. They were playing the Cowboys, whose best defensive player looked like Alden Smith, who hadn't been in the league for five years. 
Um, and he popped. Don't get me wrong, but if that's what you had to do to get the best defender on the field was to sign a guy who hadn't played in five years, what does that say about the rest of your team? Um, that's not going to be enough. Uh, so the Eagles are not great on defense either. And again, Lord help them. If they thought they had a problem last week blocking defensive linemen, they got hell on their hands this week. All right, so those are the games I like for this week. We'll get to the full picks on Saturday. As I said before, I'll give you all my picks against the spread. Once the spread settles down a little bit, I've been keeping an eye on things. There's a few games I really like. So we'll go through all of that stuff on Saturday. But right now, it is time to talk about the Thursday night DraftKings showdown between the Browns and the Bengals. Last week, the Browns took a big brown all over the field. And uh, Kareem Hunt ended up with more snaps than Nick Chubb, uh, led with 17 total touches for 81 yards over Chubb's 11 touches for 61 yards. But considering how the game went, I'm really not surprised. Uh, and I also wouldn't expect that again, especially not tonight against the Bengals, uh, who, let's face it, they may have found their quarterback, but they do not have a very good team overall. But they were in it last week against the Chargers. And I always have to throw this caveat in there because I have to be fair. I've said it about everyone else, but I don't think the Chargers are very good either. Not at quarterback. Um, and they missing Derwin James. So, Bengals were in it. They had a chance to force in the OT if their kicker didn't bungle the whole thing. Um, but it is what it is. Joe Burrow looked okay. Looked like a rookie. Had some moments. Had some disappointments. Um, overall, I thought he looked pretty good. The one thing I really, really love about Joe Burrow is he is cool and calm and I love that. Um, I've seen, I've had guys at quarter, I've had guys. I've watched guys at quarterback for Tennessee, jittery in the pocket. Mariota is one of my biggest issues with him. His feet look unsettled in the pocket. He looked nervous in the pocket. Um, other guys, Sam Darnold is the same way for me. He just looks jittery in the pocket. Um, so that's one thing I love about Joe Burrow. He just, he always looks unaffected. And I think that's important for your quarterback. Um, now, getting to the game. The Bengals tonight are without Geno Atkins at defensive tackle. They're also without Mike Daniels. Uh, as well as on the offensive side, they're out. They're without guard Suofilo. And uh, a few guys back for the defense. Sean Williams is not in at safety tonight for the Bengals. Those guys are out. Uh, so, I expect Chubb to have a big game Um I expect a few guys to have big games, but we'll get into that in a second. The Browns are missing a few corners and a few linebackers. Not good. Jarvis Landry is also listed as questionable, so I would keep an eye on that for DraftKings. Well, for any reason, obviously, but if you're talking about making a lineup tonight for the showdown, keep an eye out for Jarvis Landry, and we'll talk about that in a second. I like the Browns tonight simply because the Browns have to win this game. They cannot start 0-2, especially not losing both not only losing both games starting 0 and 2 a losing to a bad team in the Bengals and b both of them would be within the division that is not the way you want to start the year 0 and 2 and 0 and 2 in the division you're talking about the worst situation of the worst and they can't afford to have it baker cannot afford to have it there are already people in the building i would imagine that are ready to move off of baker mayfield and if he loses to the Bengals tonight uh, it is going to be chaos in cleveland uh which hey i mean they're used to it i guess so uh I, listen i think it's 
I think it's scary early in the game, right? I think Bengals may make a game of it in the first half, maybe halfway through the third quarter. But I think the Browns escape later in the game, barely. Um, just barely cover at minus six. I saw it at minus six. I saw it as low as minus five and a half, um, I think. Uh, I think the Browns barely cover 27-20. I like the Browns tonight. Tough turnaround for a rookie with just four days uh, to prepare for this. Uh, and here's the thing. Cleveland does have a solid defense. Now, they're missing a few guys. Um, and despite what we saw last week against the Ravens, who are the Ravens. Uh, so, I, I like Cleveland's defense. I think they have, obviously, they have one of the best defensive linemen in the game in Miles Garrett. So, I think they'll be able to get to Burrow and affect him. Um, but like I said, context is important. I think their defense will be able to disrupt tonight. Now let's get to the showdown for the captain's pick. I think Nick Chubb is the clear captain's pick here, and here's why. One, don't trust Baker Mayfield to put up a lot of stats, right? Um, obviously, this bet means that Chubb is going to get a lot of carries. Certainly, he's going to get a lot more than he had last week. I think they're conscious of that. Um, as a result, Baker won't be throwing the ball as much. They're also going to be probably in the lead, so they won't have to throw the ball as much. Um, so they'll be able to stick to the run game. Although I will have to say, keep an eye on Kareem Hunt and his carries. Um, it, I'm not totally buying into it because, like I said, they were trailing, and Kareem Hunt is just better in the pass game than Nick Chubb is. He just is. Not, not to say Chubb isn't good in the pass game, but that's Kareem Hunt is far more balanced than Nick Chubb. More like uh, he's more 50-50. Chubb is a little bit more 60-40, 65-35, whatever. Uh, so I think Chubb is the better pick here. Um, I'm going to choose to believe that what we saw as far as their, their splits and carries and touches last week um, isn't going to be the same tonight against the Bengals. The other issue is really who else are you going to go with? You got Joe Mixon you could probably go with. You got Tyler Boyd. Baker or Burrow, I just don't feel it with any of them. I think Austin Hooper is a sleeper pick with Njoku out. We saw Njoku get into the end zone last week. Um, Austin Hooper is more than capable at tight end. He should be able to step into that role nicely. So that's a sleeper pick. But the problem I have with that pick, if he was cheaper, I would to totally go with it. But he's priced at 10200 and Chubb is at eleven four. Um, so you'll save a tiny bit of cash, but there isn't that big of a talent pool here as far as stars to for it to make that big of a difference. And it's such a, a high risk, high reward um, pick, such a high gamble. Um, because, it, uh, listen, the upside is great. He is a little bit cheaper, um, but it's not so much cheaper that with that much upside and that much of a price, um, I don't think it's worth the gamble to go with Hooper, but it's it's a decent pick, I think, if you want to go with it. Um, a must-have, Chubb, yes. Whether you go with him at captain or not, if you go choose to go with someone else, that's totally fine. Um, but Chubb is a must-own because they're going to give him the rock tonight. You can bet your bottom dollar on that. And I'd also say A.J. Green, now that he's healthy, um, we believed he was healthy going into last week. Just wasn't sure how it was going to look against the Chargers. Um, I thought he played pretty well. Uh, he had a decent week last week, 5 for 51, I believe it was. Um, and I don't think Joe Burrow is going to miss him like he did last week when he should have had a long touchdown. I don't think he's going to miss that twice in a row. Uh, and on top of that, the Browns have two corners and two linebackers out tonight. 
so I think despite Cleveland's defense being good overall, I think A.J. Green will get his, whether it's a blowout. If it's a blowout, he's certainly going to get his. But even if it's a fairly close game, um, I think A.J. Green will eat just enough for it to be worth it. And um, so I think he's a must-have on the team. So Chubb, A.J. Green um, are must-have. Now, Jarvis Landry is listed as questionable. If he does not play, it only bolsters Chubb's case, you know, obviously. But to me, the play then would be the trio of Chubb, Baker, and, o- and OBJ. I know OBJ had a terrible week last week between him and Baker, the miscommunications, 10 targets, three catches. Wasn't pretty. You could see him pouting already. Um, but if Landry is out, trio, Chubb, Baker, OBJ is a must play. Um, so keep your eye out on the injury reports. Listen to the pregame show. Figure out what's going on with Landry. Check the news. Um, if Landry's out, that's the play I would make. Must avoid Alden Tate. He may be a popular play for some. He he did wonders for me last year in Daily Fantasy um, with him being so cheap and the production that he gave. So he may be a popular play. Um, I saw a lot of people play him last week uh, for just, you know, standard DFS lineups. Um, so for people that are looking to save some cash, either at their captain's pick, which I don't know why you would put him at captain or anywhere else on the roster for that matter, don't go for it, please. Okay. He saw 22% of the snaps versus the Chargers and not one single target. Uh, losing those to Mike Thomas, who seems to have taken over the fourth wide receiver position wide receiver position um and listen i don't like especially not for showdown now if you're talking like like we had last week where you had two different games four teams i don't mind picking a fourth wide receiver um, to try to get the most value i can at other positions um and just hope that that guy pops because you don't have as big of a pool to pick from um but tonight there's not a lot to pick from as it is but uh definitely don't go with the guy that's not even a surefire fourth receiver. He's already competing at the fourth wide receiver spot. So um, it, that's that's just a total stay away from me. Um, another guy to stay away from tonight, John Ross. Ross caught two of five targets last week for 17 yards, and that was his lowest yardage total since 2018. Okay, so John Ross is to stay away. Burrow targeted five different players at least five times or more. Uh, so he's spreading the wealth. He's spreading the ball around. Ross is already a boom or bust player. Uh, and so with Joe Burrow basically amplifying that at, with spreading the ball around to different guys, it, it's just it's a no-go for me. And last, the value pick, the sleeper pick, the Browns defense is a captain's pick. I love this. Um, it's possible the Bengals come out and stink it up. It is certainly possible that the Browns right the ship or at least – temporarily against a bad Bengals team and just come out and just mollywop the Bengals and and roll all over them tonight. Um, I like the Browns defense as a captain's pick tonight. Don't think Joe Burrow is going to have a bad game. I just don't think he's going to have a great game, much like last week. Uh, it's just too much to overcome the lack of talent and people around him. Um, so I love the Browns defense tonight as the captain's pick and with that, ladies and gentlemen, those are your DraftKings tips for today for tonight's showdown, Browns Bengals, the Poop Bowl. Poop Bowl number one. We got Poop Bowl number two next week, Titans and or or Sunday with Titans and Jags. So hope you guys enjoy. Hope you guys make some money. I made some money last week with those picks. So you guys 
Get your bread in. Get your bread in. I'm, I'm helping you out as much as I can. It's been your boy Capo with Simple Sports Podcast. I will see you on Saturday with the picks for Sunday's games. Peace. <laughs>